And uh, I like doing this lately where I just start. I'm like, Rob, welcome to the show. Welcome to the protectors. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm doing great. This is my first audio only one in a while. And I tell you what, I'm I'm kind of happy to do it. You know, <laughs> when you're producing, developing and editing these things as a one man show, it's sometimes it's just easy to get a really good conversation out there, chat with someone and find out what's going on. And a big reason I wanted to have you on today was Pictionary. Now, when you think Pictionary, when I think Pictionary, it's probably a lot different. To you, it was a business strategy, a business thing, something to get into. It was like a product. To me, it's like it's something I love. Uh, you know, I talk to my kids. They love it. I talk to my friends. They love it. I'm like, hey, I'm going to talk to Rob from Pictionary. They love it. But how do you get to where concept of the operation of saying, you know what? Pictionary is in my mind. This is the next thing. And then the next thing you know, you're talking to Jason Piccolo and everybody he knows loves it. <laughs> 35 years later, but that's okay. Yeah, 35 years later. <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes me a while to get to the big leagues with you, man. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you kind of hit on it a little bit, actually, that I was in love with Pictionary before it was even a game, before it was even a product, before I even thought about doing anything. It was, a, it was an activity that I used to play with my roommates. And we started playing, as we called it, charades on paper, sketching words out of the dictionary to each other, night after night after night. And this, I think this is where most of the great ideas come from. And that's when I started thinking about turning it into a product. It wasn't that I had this idea, I wanna create something, I wanna build a business, I wanna, I wanna be creative. It was like, oh, this is right in front of me. This is, this is, working for me. It was kind of doing my own research and development, if you will. So how do you, were you always like, did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, like, were you always trying to create? Cause it seems like a lot of people I talk to, they're always, it's not, they, they're very driven. They're very focused when it comes to this and they want to push something. Did you always have that? No, as my, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> as, as I've been described, I'm passionate but I'm not driven. So I don't have to create. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to do anything. But when something comes along that I'm interested in or I'm passionate about, that's when I go all in. That's when I go, okay, I'm going to make a go of this. You know, and it, it started basically when my dad got fired from his job in college. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. He's an executive. I want to be an executive. That was my career path. This was his dream, not mine, but I put myself in it. And so when he got fired, it was like, now, wait a minute. It was a gut punch to me because my whole dream of what I wanted to be when I grew up went away. I was like, I'm going to work for myself. And I didn't really know what that was going to be. I didn't have a, an idea to be a game inventor, but I knew I was going to be you know, aware. I was going to be ready when my moment came. You know, you brought up something really big right there is about it's almost like you have a debt, like a lot of the audience is military and a lot of them's uh, going to either be coming out of the military or they're veterans and taking that first step. You know, you have, you know, for that three, four, five, 20 years you've been in service, you have a schedule, you know what you're doing. You know, yeah. when you get out, Hey, maybe I'm going to go in the government. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get a steady paycheck. But taking that step into the entrepreneurial land is it's, it's huge. 
And you mentioned before in the pre-interview about like being scared. What, what is that feeling? And you're, you know, that's what I want to know about. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, was I not, was I scared? It was how often was I scared? Right. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. And and to your point though, uh, if it's possible, I would suggest taking a break, not necessarily not going to work when you're in transition, but you have to recalibrate your mind. And this is, it sounds simple, doesn't it? But we all know anybody, whether you're military or Rob Angel or anybody, it's hard. And so give yourself a little break. I'm giving everybody permission to not jump into something, not to say, okay, there's a time frame. I've got to get it done because that's when you're forcing things that you're not passionate about. And that's when things break down. I think everybody know you know that. I think this the people, the people, the group I'm talking to know that intuitively and physically. And so don't feel like a failure if you don't start a business right away. Don't feel that you're not accomplishing something new. And then, oh my gosh, what have I done? I haven't, I haven't accomplished my thing, what I'm supposed to do. When I was doing Pictionary, I had the idea, as I said, I was playing with friends and roommates. I'm going, holy shit, this is something I'm going to do. I didn't start it for three years, right? I panicked. It was like, I'd never been an entrepreneur. I'd never put anything together. I certainly had never done a game. And so it's like trying to put a a jigsaw puzzle together, right? There's a thousand pieces. I, I knew like three of them, sketch, guess, and words, right? All the other pieces to do a business is tough. And so instead of just getting to it and pushing through, I said, I got a break. And then when I went to it, now this was for me absolutely key. Instead of saying, I've got to do it all. Instead of saying, I'm in charge. Instead of saying, I, I'm going to make this work. I broke it down to the simplest steps. So, okay, I want to create a game. This was my passion. And for the record, my passion for Pictionary was never about making money. I always want to say that, right? It was about this, this fun that I had. I wanted to share that with the world. I assumed, hoped, prayed, I guess, that I was going to make money. And if I didn't, it was okay. It would have been okay. But I, this was my, my reason to start Pictionary, to share this excitement with the world. And so finally, finally, after three years, I broke it down simplest steps that were accessible to me. Meaning I didn't know accounting. I didn't know game creation. I didn't know how to market. So I said, okay, what can I do with what's available to me? And that was making a word list. Dictionaries based on words, right? So I think I, I can do this. And I was still scared out of my mind. And I'm like, okay, I've got to overcome this, this, this block one step at a time. As I call it, I was nibbling. I take a little nibbles of the game inventing process. I didn't go all in right away. So pad of paper, dictionary, and a piece of paper. And I went in the backyard and a pen. I went in the backyard and opened up the dictionary. Now my, my goal is to make a word list. I'm waiting tables, by the way. So my mindset is I'm a waiter. What was it? I can't do this. Yes, I can. This whole back and forth, back and forth. You can't. Yes, you can't. Oh, my God. The inner monologue was driving me nuts. And so 
I opened up the dictionary and I'm, by the way, I'm 24 years old, waiting tables, driving a crappy 10 year old car, living in squalor. I loved it. And I, I look and the first word based on the criteria that I'd set was aardvark. That was it. I wrote down the word aardvark. And it was like, are you kidding me? How hard is this? I waited three years to write down the freaking word aardvark. You're kidding me. But there was a huge, you know, mindset change by writing one word. I'd gotten started. Man, I took a little nibble and I went from a waiter to being a game inventor. That was it from writing one word. And, you know, the title, you know, a lot of people want to do something like you said, you're a waiter and now you're a game inventor. And just having that title sometimes is it's like almost like a boost of energy. It's like adrenaline and it kind of drives you forward. And you're like, no, I'm waiting helps me survive, but game inventor, game creator, that is who I am. I like that. And a lot of people, once they adapt, like me, I'm a, I may be awesome federal agent, whatever, but I'm a podcaster. And when I put these headphones on, when I get behind a mic and I'm chatting with people, I'm a podcaster or a host or whatever you want to call it. And right, it's, right. it's really all it needs. It, it, and it's hard. I mean, just sitting here saying, Oh, then I was a game inventor. Well, you know what, you know, by the, by the, the second word, I was back to being a waiter. Yeah. I had to keep, I had to keep going. It was like, it was like, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out an analogy. It was like Herman Melville when he wrote Moby Dick, the famous line of all time, you know, call me Ishmael. Well, what if he had sat there and said, you know, I'm just somebody else. I'm not going to continue. He wasn't. He was a, he was a writer at this point. And so I kept writing words and it took three months and 5,018 words for me to actually believe I was a game inventor. So it's mindset telling myself every freaking day that I was a game inventor. And I finally changed my mind, changed that label I put on myself. And it took, it took a while, but I stayed at it. So don't, don't get fresh, uh, frustrated. If you want to call yourself an entrepreneur, awesome. Call yourself whatever you want. But when it doesn't happen right away, don't get frustrated. It takes time. Just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. That's key. Because nothing happens just once, right? Everybody's spent their whole lives, their whole career being one thing, labeled one thing. It just is. It's life. It's, not, it's just what it is. But it's okay to relabel yourself something else and live in it. Just freaking be it. That's the cool part. And now it's rebranding. It's the different names for it, but it's all the same thing. You, you just have to reinvent and just get on a path and, and take action. You, I mean, it's great to have an idea, but unless you actually take action to the next step. So you did it. You took action. What was the next step from that concept to the, the 5,000 plus words later? How did you like marketing? Obviously, it's probably not one of the biggest things in your background. I mean, and how did you get it from your concept to those words, to the shelves, to now my 10-year-old daughter is playing it uh, in with her friends. Uh, do you have like six hours? We uh, have 62 hours. This is going to be a <laughs> marathon podcast and I've never done one like that, but let's do it. <laughs> you know, neither have I, but I'm having, I love talking. So not a big deal. Um, 
Well, like most things, like I said, I was a waiter. So I had to learn everything. I had to intuit my way from start to finish. I got partners because I'm really a big believer in know your strengths and embrace them, or embrace them. And more importantly, embrace your weaknesses. I mean, I couldn't do it all. So I got really, really great partners who had the same core values as me. They had skill sets I didn't have, but they were both, they both had integrity. To me, that was key for any partnership, any business deal. And that really, I'll tell a story later where that, uh, I almost, I almost sunk my ship by not, by living up to my own words about integrity, but we put the game together physically by hand in my apartment, right? Nine companies playing parts because there was no, this was 1985, no internet, nowhere to figure out how to do it. So it was literally, okay, we need boxes. Let's find out how to get boxes. Physically put the games together in my apartment. And, and so I literally put the game under my arm and it was done. And I got to tell you, though, I got to tell you, when that first game, after 14 months of putting it together, you know, literally by hand, and by the time it came off the first game, came off the uh, assembly line, it was like the biggest moment of my life. It was like a newborn. It was like a baby. It was like, holy crap, I did it. And it was just a game. It was amazing feeling, amazing feeling. And that's when I, I fell in love again and started working. I mean, I, I'd literally, without having a clue, I mean, everybody's intuitive. Like Jeff Bezos says, if you get 80% of the information you need, go for it. The less 20 is just going to be intuition no matter what. And so we all have it. So trust your intuition. I, don't, I think a lot of people push back. I know a lot of people push back. But when your gut tells you, it's probably right. And I'd literally take the game walk down the street. Oh, there's a store. They're selling real estate. Oh, they're selling cards. Oh, they're selling furniture. I don't care. I just walk in, sell them six games. I just, it was, it was so much fun in those starting days, not having a clue. You wake up every day going, I don't know. What do you want to do today? Let's, let's make something happen. Let's go. Uh, let's go pitch the games to all these different retailers and everything out there. Yeah. You know, that, um, it's so much stuff comes out of people's garages and their houses. I think every like major company organization, it's not, you know, funded right off the bat off of a, a trust fund or anything comes right out of someone's garage or, and having that intuition and having that drive. And having the guts to do it. Guts. Yep. Hey, come guts. on. As simple as it was going in the backyard and writing a freaking nine letter word, mm -hmm. it took guts to get over my own insecurities negative self-talk on and on and on. So even a little step, bravo. You know, you talk about insecurities and stuff like that. What is in the back of your mind? I mean, besides failure, everybody's always thinking, like letting yourself down. Were you feeling like you were going to let other people down as well? No. I answered that pretty quickly, didn't I? That was good. I like that. I like it was that. Like, it, boom. It's true because it was my idea, my invention, you know, I was, I was putting forth maximum effort. If it didn't work, uh, then it didn't work. I wasn't going to beat myself up over it. I wasn't going to be too fussed about my investor either because he, he's a big boy. He invested. So I was, I was never afraid of failure. I just, what, what bothered me was the mystery of everything. 
You know, you brought something up um, about working with partners and then, you know, kind of letting them down. Can you talk about that? You know, you, you piqued my interest. You said you were going to tell that story. Well, no, it was, uh, yeah, the, uh, we had a licensing agreement later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now my partners were brilliant. I mean, we all know it's who you surround yourself with. And for me, that was key, right? We shared those core values, like I said, and, uh, we just made the little, the little engine go together. It was brilliant. Now, how key is it if you're going to start off, how do you vet the people that are going to be around you? Because nowadays we have social media, we have everything we have. If someone sees like, hey, you know what? Ra's going to be putting out this new product. I better go leech onto him and not latch. But how do you vet them? Well, it is hard, particularly nowadays. Uh, you know, you can find out if they have the skill sets, but you spend a little time with them. You don't just hire somebody. You know, the, the adage you're going to be working with somebody all the time. Do you want to have dinner with them three nights a week? Right. I mean, if you don't, probably not the right partner for you. So you vet them by conversation. You vet them by nosing around a little bit. And a lot of the times the partners you're going to meet are people you don't know. And mm-hmm. that's okay. If not, if not preferable, but if they are, you've got to use your gut feel. You got to use your gut feel uh, if they are, but it's okay to have conversations with them. Are you a very open person? You know, we okay. have like the, the introverts, extroverts. Yeah, no, I am totally. An, <laughs> my brother just walked in. So I mean, anyway, so yeah, I'm a total, I'm a total open person. That's, that's been my whole life, right? It's not judging other people is key, then they're not going to judge you. And so by being open and honest and just letting everything come in, I don't have to like it. I don't have to accept it. But the more input I get, the more things that come my way that I let in, you know, the more things I'm going to know and have a better uh, shot at uh, at success. You know, I, I kind of have an analogy. It's, it's like the sommelier, the wine guy, right? You give him a glass of wine. And he smells it, right? His job is to tell you what it is. And he smells it. And 90 seconds later, he tells you what it is. Now, he knows. I go, are you the smartest guy in the world? You know, every wine in the world? He goes, no. But I can tell you what it's not. What do you mean? So he takes a sniff. And he goes, well, it's not a Cabernet. So he eliminates all the Cabernets. It's not a white wine. He eliminates all the white wine. And he just gets down, not to what it is, but to what it's not. And I think a lot of times it's easier for humans and for us and people to go, that doesn't work. Well, then get rid of it and don't do it again. So it's okay not to know exactly, but if it's not exactly right either, get rid of it. Huh. You just kind of like, you know, what I'm thinking is like, I'm my goal is like, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we, we started the show about, you know, finding things I really like to do and focusing. I've always had a problem with focusing and I'm like, you know what, what am I not? You know, I'm always trying to like, you know, and when you brought that up, like, what is Pictionary? It's a game. It's for enjoyment. What is it not? What is your target audience? And that, and that helps when you, when you develop, when you're developing a a product or you're developing an idea, you're developing and developing and developing. When you start taking out those, what are they not? And you kind of focus on what is it? That's, 
Thank you. You know what? <laughs> this is like a therapy session for me. I appreciate this, Rob. <laughs> hey, I got, Jason, man, I got to tell you, this is hard fought. You know, <laughs> this, this is, I didn't just wake up one day. So oh, I, I can imagine. A lot of failures, a lot of, a lot of missteps, but, uh, you know, they just get you where you're supposed to be. But, you know, that's, and that's why I appreciate having guests like you on to share, you know, Hey, you know what? This is 35 years later. Um, or, you know, this went from the concept to whatever, um, to on the shelves in three, it took three to four years. Nothing happens overnight. And trying to explain to people that you're, you know, a million dollar idea comes along a billion once in a billion, but you have to do something you enjoy. I mean, if you're going to really put your heart and your soul into your entrepreneurial mission, you really got to enjoy it because you know what, that's going to be your baby. And that's going to be like your life for until you get either a positive outcome or it, unfortunately, a lot of it is a negative outcome. Which is, which is okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. You'd prefer not to, as they say, fail fast. Well, you know, you don't have to uh, fail. I mean, I hate that expression, by the way. Fail fast. What? You know, fight me. Um, but yeah, you have to love what you're doing, as they say. You have to have passion about it, but you also have to love it because there was a lot of days during Pictionary. Man, 16 hours a day, I was standing at the bottom of an escalator, downtown Nordstrom, a department store, with a pad of paper and a pencil in my hand, trying to sell like three games in 16 hours. And I was exhausted. There was days I was going, done. I'm out. Can't do it anymore. I don't want to get out of bed today. But you know what? I loved what I was doing and it got me through those hard times. And there were plenty of them. And it is, uh, it's not a sprint, man. You have to sacrifice time, energy, money to get to where you want to be. But when you get started and those, those dominoes start falling, Man, nothing better. There's no better feeling than look what I did today. Not what I call, just look what I did today. And then you build on that and one more and one more and one more. Man, you look back and you go, that was freaking amazing. When did you know you made it? <laughs> I'm still not <laughs> sure. I'm still not sure. Yeah. Well, you're on the Protectors uh, podcast. I mean, you've made it. <laughs> I'm just you saying. What? Yeah, I'm done. This is my last interview. It's all done. This is the epitome, the top of my Let me rephrase that. When was it like <laughs> you had that, wow, I did uh, it. You know, it's it's there, you know? Yeah, it was a weird moment. We launched, when we launched, about four years ago, <clears throat> we had already been, we are selling internationally. And I was in France. And I'd never been to France. I was like wide-eyed and, oh, my God, what am I in France, for goodness sakes? And I'm walking down the street, and in a store window, I see Pictionary in French. I'm like, I'm looking around like I'm on candid camera. I'm looking around, all right, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, and then it dawned on me, I'm in freaking France. Something I did out of my apartment is in a store window in French. That was that holy shit moment where I went, wow, we've got something here. And it was like an amazing feeling. And when I tell the story, I kind of look in the same direction because it was 36, 35 years ago. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was such a cool moment. I, you know, I'm just picturing it now. I'm like, I one of my best friends just came back from France and they talk about it all the time. But I'm like, I could just imagine like one of those shops and seeing that. I mean, that it must have been just 
Wow. Really? It, it, it just reinvigorated me. Uh, yeah. It just kept me going. You know, every little, every little nuance and every little thing just kept me going hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. You know, there's a lot of games that are like timeless and that's one of them. I'm like, yeah, I'm still playing Monopoly. I mean, they, they sure. rephrase Monopoly around a little bit. Pictionary is another one of them, but there's not a many of them. And to have that, that standing, man, I, that's incredible. Seriously. Well, really what it was though, is I didn't overthink it. If you look at Pictionary, Monopoly is a little intense, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at Pictionary, it's a freaking simple game. I didn't really invent anything. I didn't create anything. I just innovated something that was already existing. Drawing pictures on paper. Freaking the cavemen were doing it. So I kept it as simple as possible to keep it current and relevant as possible. So don't overthink what you're doing, right? Just kind of get it started. If you have to make it simple, if it's a product, I love product. Because you can always change it with time, right? So uh, I just loved the process. Process and everything. Journey was everything, man. You um, do you have any advice? I mean, you have thirty. You, uh, actually, you have way more than thirty-five years in this game of entrepreneurship. Do you have any advice for someone just saying, "Hey, you know what? I just stepped off. I'm scared, but I've got the drive, and I want to do it." What's the first piece of advice you could have? That's just kind of you know, you need to do this. And everybody's different, but there's one thing that you need to do. Yeah, you have to just take a step. And that could be as simple as getting a domain name on GoDaddy. Right? That's like nine bucks. And then live with that for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of years. It doesn't matter. But now you've got something started because we have this, this overwhelming feeling have everything in place before we start. I want to have my marketing plan, my business plan, and get it all done. And that, to me, was debilitating. That's why I didn't get started. It's procrastination, right? It's, it's, it's avoiding the uncomfortable. That's what procrastination is. So when you take that first step, writing down a word, getting a, getting a, a domain name, whatever it is, just, just kind of pat yourself in the back, Right? And then keep working on your project, keep working on your idea, but take little steps and just keep going. And then the other bit of advice is if it's not working, it's okay. I think one of the biggest problems is entrepreneurs, they have this great idea and we are hell bent to make this freaking thing work. If you really think it's not going to work and it's not what your vision is and not what your intention is, it's okay. You know, you'll, you'll be able to do another, another deal, another uh, venture. So just take those steps until you're told not to. You know, we were talking before about, you know, integrity and everything. And I kind of got a, a, a grasp of what you were saying when we did the pre-interview and stuff. But here you are, you're, when you first start out, this is before you're in Paris and you're marketing this yourself. How did you get to the mainstream and did you have any hiccups or I should say roadblocks, not hiccup because it's more than that. Yeah. We're going to go full on steamroll. Uh, yeah. We were pretty successful in Seattle where I launched, but we were so successful that we couldn't afford our growth. Well, typical startup stuff, we couldn't scale. So we had to what was called licensing, which is we turn over the product to 
a bigger game company that has the resources to make the game a worldwide success. And we had a deal on the table with the biggest game company in the world, Milton Bradley. Now, keep in mind, I'm 27 years old. I'm making $500 a month and we're driving a 10 year old car. So this is a pretty big deal. And I'm looking at this contract and I, visions of grandeur are going through my head, man. I have the car I've always wanted sitting right in front of me with the car keys. I see my second home in the Bahamas. I am traveling the world. All I have to do is sign this contract and my life has changed. My worries are over. There was a problem. The one thing that I talked about and you just talked about was integrity. That was key to signing any deal. They didn't put in the contract a couple of provisions that they promised that they didn't put in writing. Didn't have integrity. Guess what I did? I walked. I walked from the deal. Rather than do business with or be partners with somebody that didn't share my values, I walked and I risked and I was willing to risk going back to waiting tables because a hundred things could have gone wrong at this point because we had no plan B. I was ready to go back to waiting tables and sign that deal. There was a couple of hours of what the crap have I done? But you know what? It felt right. And they got right back to work 7 a.m. the next morning. I am in the office. I'm packing up boxes. I'm shipping. Two months later, the universe provided. We got a different deal with a different company that had integrity. We made more money, sold more games by holding out to what I knew in my heart to be true. And it worked out for the best. And even if it didn't, I'd still be satisfied. I'd still be comfortable. That is probably the best lesson I've heard in every, anytime I talk to entrepreneurs, because we like to talk about the success. We like to talk about taking that step and get rid of the, uh, the, the heartache and everything else. And, you know, Hey, you're going to do it. But the outside factors, when you're dealing with money, when you're dealing with something that's going to be like the next big thing, there's going to be leeches and there's going to be those without integrity. And sometimes you just really need to take a walk away, take a step back and don't just sign. It's almost like you're, you're in a car dealer. He's like, this deal only lasts today. Cause you know what, if it's a good deal and you're going to, you're going to work with someone for a long time, um, that same offer should be there after you think about it. Sometimes take a step back, walk away. Cause sometimes your gut is, it's exactly where it needs to be. A hundred percent. I can't stress it enough. I mean, the decision, if the decision was based on money, I would have signed the deal. But it was for me more important to stick with it, have integrity. And that's the one thing that people, you see the other thing with people, serial entrepreneurs, they have exit strategies. That's okay. But most of us don't get those. Most of us don't get an exit. So we've got to stick with it. I stayed with Pictionary 16 more years from that moment. I wanted to be in control of my future, of my destiny, and not rely on somebody else's efforts. So that was my self-worth coming to the forefront. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you know your advice and, and talking about this. I mean, this is... <laughs> If if people really kind of knew what was going on behind the scenes and and just exactly they just see what's at the store, they're like, oh, that's cool. And they have the concept. They're like, ah, oh, great. But
But Rob, I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking and sharing with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, quote unquote, you can follow me on social media if you want, the Rob Angel. But I love this stuff, man. It's like, I these are hard fought lessons. And if I can share and inspire or motivate just a little bit, I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing my job. Well, you are always welcome back on the show. I'd love to have you talk with other entrepreneurs. I'd love to, the veteran space is huge. Uh, this community is huge. And a lot of us, they just, we want to do something cool. We want to do something that's from our heart. You know, we, we've followed orders for lots and lots of years. And sometimes we want to be our own boss and, and kind of like take that next step. Yeah, it's uh, not as easy as it looks, but man, oh man, it is rewarding. Rob, I don't know what I was thinking, but I've had a million authors on the the podcast. Probably I've, I've interviewed 220 people, probably a hundred were authors. I'm like, I go to Rob. I'm like, Rob, did you, did you write a book? <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I'm not very good at self-promotion. Clearly. Uh, yeah. I wrote a book. It's called Game Changer. It's on Amazon, eBooks, whatever, whatever format you want. And it chronicles my journey from being a waiter to selling to uh, a company to Mattel 17 years later, and just all the trials and tribulations, the ups, the downs, the good and the bad uh, that I I talk about. And it's a fun read. It's an easy read. I'm very proud of it. Really, really proud of it. And I think everybody will be uh, happy with it and get something out of it. I am absolutely looking forward to adding it to my shelf of, (laughs) you know, New York Times bestsellers and everything. Every type of book you can imagine is on that shelf. But Rob, I really appreciate you coming on again. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.